2: there and what P do, teammates played great, and um, we came out with the victory, you know? I'm just trying to really get my my NBA 2K rating up. I, can, I, can, I just cannot take it. I, 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 I,
3: I can't take it. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day.
4: Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Gamer Saloon. It is Friday, April 2nd, 2021. Alex Beruthi here with Ken K. Train-Kreitz.
5: All aboard! <laughs>
4: <laughs> and we have a special guest today. You'll notice that's not uh, Shannon's laugh. That is Andre Snellings, the professor from ESPN, uh, who... I- I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself, Dre. Tell us what your title is at ESPN and kind of what you do on a, a daily or a weekly basis for them.
2: Hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, like you said, I'm Andre Snellings. I'm a senior writer at ESPN. Um, I write for ESPN Fantasy. Uh, I'm, I guess, the main fantasy basketball guy. I also write for the NBA page. I do some analytics. And uh, these days, I've been doing a lot more uh, gambling, sports writing, uh, sports gambling writing. And so, um, you know, my I'm off to, I don't know at what point it stops being a hot streak and what point it just becomes, you know, doing well this year. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, You're the not going to
5: mention your, uh, your TV work, Dre, you and Rachel uh, McNichols hanging out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've been on the jump a couple times. Um, you know, I, I used to have a spot on, on uh, daily wager, which was the the gambling show that uh, ESPN put out, but they moved to Vegas and I stayed in Connecticut. So, so, um, these days, uh, uh, I think I'm doing more radio than anything else. Uh, you could have heard me uh, arguing with um, Max Kellerman on his show earlier this week. You know, arguing about uh, whether the, the the Bucks could legitimately challenge the Nets in the East. So, you know, um,
5: I, yeah, I, this I, is I, I much get lower. This is much lower down on Dre's <laughs> resume, but at one time he was a Rotowire contributor.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Rotowire is where I got my 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 start as a sports writer. You know, and uh, I, I just randomly, I wasn't, I, I didn't sign up to write for RotorWire, right? I tried to sign up for the site. And um, uh, where, this was back when I was a student. And when they said, well, you have to pay, I, I closed out. I, I was like, well, I, I, I can't afford to pay. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, that it was when-
5: my heart when you and Stefania Bell worked together on an NBA injury uh, article on ESPN because- you guys are our two most famous Rotowire uh, alums over there at the Mothership in Bristol, Connecticut.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and, and Stefania, you know, she's the best. So I always, it touches my heart when I get to work with Stefania on a piece. That <laughs> means uh, uh, I might actually have something good to talk about. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, well, let's kick things off. Uh, I, I want to get your take on this, Dre, because we had LaMarcus Aldridge make his debut, uh, Brooklyn I mean, blew out Charlotte. It was one eleven to eighty nine. But I mean, maybe surprisingly, Aldridge got the start over DeAndre Jorgen, who ended up being a DMP. Um, we also had no Hornets score more than thirteen points in that game. Obviously, that's not the main storyline here. But Aldridge, eleven points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect him to get six assists every game, right? But is this generally? I mean, he started and you know, play over DeAndre. Is this kind of what you're expecting from him, more or less?
2: I mean, fantasy-wise, I'm really not expecting anything from LaMarcus, Mm -hmm. from Griffin, you know, I mean, because not only, I mean, you pointed out he did start over DeAndre Jordan, but James Harden didn't play, Kevin Durant didn't play. Um, Aldridge is not a big man that's going to put up big man categories. Like, the reason he's relevant is because he scores, and he's going to be at best a fourth option on a team with three mega scoring options, you know? So, I mean, you know, if I had him on my team, I might keep him around. You know, I'm not saying I would necessarily cut him, but I'm not expecting any of this. This this is, this was a better game than I thought he might have for the rest of the season.
5: And I don't think his price has gone down that much yet in daily, has it, Alex? Uh, you know, he still has the big name. Uh, and it seems like he might have nights like this as Dre pointed out when Harden or Durant, uh, or Irving are not playing, but, uh, if the price is high, then he's not even a daily option. Right. Yeah. It's tough. I mean,
4: yeah, he, in San Antonio, he was like a co number. He was really a number two option at that point behind DeMar DeRozan and even DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, those guys were really starting to step up. And now he goes to like, like Dre said, like a number four option at best. Um,
2: and,
5: that's- and when Uncle Greeny's hot baby, he's a five or six. <laughs> yep. Green outscored Charlotte last night in the first quarter. He had twelve. The Hornets <laughs> had eleven.
2: Yeah. Good guys, <laughs> that whole thing was just crazy because it's not like Charlotte's bad. Like every even with Lamelo hurt, they had won four or five. Yeah. And then Jeff Green outscores them in the first quarter to end the game essentially. Don't like, you, like,
5: don't you think reality might be setting a little? Uh, setting in a little for the Hornets without Ball. All they do is get Wanamaker at the trade deadline. That was
2: a little a bit of a disappointment. Maybe, but it, the thing is, you know, it's not like Ball was killing it the whole year, right? He was their sixth man up until, you know, like a month and a half, two months into the season. And they were still solid the whole year. You know, like their their, their starting backcourt from last year was actually pretty decent players. And then they added, you know, Gordon Hayward. So, I mean, I don't expect them to be world beaters, but I don't expect Jeff Green to outscore them for a quarter either. All
5: right. Well, hey, let's travel to Denver where the Nuggets beat the Clippers 101-94. I think Nuggets led this the entire way. Uh, At least they did when I was watching. Aaron Gordon had his best game with the Nuggets. Uh, Only been there for three games, but he had 14 points, six boards, six assists, three steals, and two blocks. Dre, do you see upside this season for Gordon this season? And then what's nice for this deal for Denver is he's got another year on that contract. So how do you view him next season in Denver as well?
2: You know, Gordon, when he got traded there, I didn't see much upside because he made his name as a scorer slash, you know, towards the end, he was playing a little more point for for Orlando. And Denver had those roles filled, even in the front court, right? You had Jokic, but then you also had MPJ. And I I just didn't see where Gordon was going to get enough touches on offense. And I still think that's the case. I don't think he's going to do enough to be very highly fantasy relevant as far as scoring and assists. The thing last night that catches my eye is the three steals and two blocks. And if he can, you know, become more of a defensive role player, then that can be something that gives him some fantasy upside in that respect. But it's just, you know, there's only one ball. And I guess, you know, people have been pointing out the three games he's played, Jokic's numbers have gone through the floor. Um, And so is he going to snipe some of those front court ball handling assignments away from, from Jokic and maybe his biggest impact would be what he does to the former best player in the game?
5: Do you think uh, people in Florida are like, five stocks? Where was this hustle the last five
2: years? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, before he got traded, you know, there was a lot of conversation about, well, if he goes to the Nuggets or if he goes to a good team, Um, you know, that's what I would hear a lot of people say. He's the type of player that would be better on a good team than a bad team. Yeah, maybe because he cares or maybe because it lets him fulfill this role. Right. You know, maybe he was miscast as a scorer. That's not. You know what, his skill set said he could be. As, as he points out, he's number 50 now because he kept getting 50s in the dunk contest. He's stupid athletic. Maybe this is his manifest destiny.
5: When he said the 50 stuff, I was like, man, you got to let go of that dunk contest win. <laughs> that has done nothing for your actual career. Uh, Alex, uh, one thing I like about this deal for Denver is to me, I always thought Denver was too deep and it wasn't clear who their top five are. Now they have a clear starting unit, Gary Harris. Uh, no longer in town. Do you see any value on this Denver bench, or do you think their minutes are going to stay small like they were last night?
4: I think their minutes are pretty capped on the bench. I mean, they got, I think they have to get ready for that starting unit to be like big time in the playoffs, right? Like, I I just think you're not going to be able to play that much P.J. Dozier or like Monte Morris has been hurt, but, you know, how much Michael how Green. many real great minutes are you getting out of yeah, like JaVale McGee? Like he's solid, but like it's gonna be a lot of Paul Millsap. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I think they need to lean on their starting unit now to kind of prepare for the playoffs. So I'm I wouldn't expect any of these guys, you know, that like I mentioned to be relevant in fantasy.
5: Even rookie is like thirty-seven or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thirty year old rookie. <laughs> All right, Alex. Take us to Philadelphia. Yeah, finally, Joel
4: Embiid, uh, someone who's gun- gunning for the MVP, uh, could be available for Saturday's game against the Timberwolves. Andre, I saw you, one of your articles on ESPN about the Bucs case to be the be- I think the best team in the East. I forget the exact headline. As a Bucks fan, I was yeah. excited to see that. <laughs> um, I guess more like more generally, how do you view that top tier of the East? I guess it, is it just Milwaukee? Uh, Brooklyn, Philly, not necessarily in that order?
2: Essentially, at this moment, that's what I would say. I mean, teams like Miami and, and Boston have shown that, that they can be spoilers if they're playing good. I don't know what's going on in Boston right now, but they still have enough talent to to be a team nobody wants to play. And obviously Miami just showed that they can get hot and, and, and make a run all the way to the finals. So you can't forget those teams, but – realistically right now, it looks like a a three-team race. And I feel like all three teams have a a shot at it. And that's actually a big change for me on the Brooklyn front. Coming into this season, I was very low on Brooklyn. Um, And even after they got Harden, I wasn't sure if, if they could, like, because I saw it as Harden coming to join the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving team. And I don't think the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving base is a championship base. But what in reality, what's happened is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving joined last year's Rockets, you know, and so that, that that changes things because that Rocket base in my opinion could have won a championship had Chris Paul not gotten hurt. And it's like they upgraded Chris Paul to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So, um so so you know the Nets are strong, I think the 76ers are strong, but um I think that there's been a very specific way teams have beaten the Bucks the last two playoffs. And I think the moves that they've made have made it more difficult to beat them in that way. I don't think you could just wall off Giannis anymore because Drew and Middleton can make you pay. And so, and then when you look at the Nets and, and the 76ers, they don't even play like that. They, you know, Giannis eats against the 76ers. He's averaging like 40 and 15 or something over the last few years. So, so I, I think that the playoffs should be really interesting and uh, I want to see what happens. All yeah, right, I, I think
5: Oh, go ahead, Alex. Sorry, oh, I was
4: just gonna say, yeah, and, and even those even those teams like Boston and Miami, you mentioned that could be spoilers. Like that, even that section of the Eastern playoffs is gonna be interesting. Charlotte, I think, can make some noise, especially if they get Lamelo Ball back. Chicago mm-hmm. just traded for It'll be it'll be interesting for sure. But Ken, let's let's go. I mean, let's go to the Heat. Uh, Oladipo makes his debut.
5: Yeah, another new uh, face in a new place. Victor Oladipo makes his Heat, heat debut. It was a delayed game because he's suffering from a cold. He had a modest 6.5 assist, three rebound, two steal night, only shot two of eight from the field. Dre, is there a lot of room for Victor Oladipo to uh, highlight himself for free agent this summer uh, in this heat lineup?
2: I don't see it. Um, you know, and and I say that you know Victor Oladipo is a favorite in in the the Snellings household after his appearance on The Masked Singer. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my kid's introduction to him. You know, <laughs> but I mean, I I just don't see it. The the Heat are for one, they're a team that I think more of as a defensive minded team than an offensive minded team to begin with. And then the offensive minded players that they all have that they have outside of Bam Adebayo are all in the backcourt. And so, you know, Jimmy Butler is obviously the man, but you got Tyler Hero and Gordon Dragic, and, um, you know. Robinson doing if he's not shooting threes. Exactly. Duncan Robinson and I'm blank, uh, uh, Kendrick Nunn, you know, like, like they're all guards that can score. And so I don't see how Oladipo differentiates himself in that respect. I mean, he can get on the court and he can play, but I don't see him even flirting with 20 points a game. And he's another one, like we mentioned earlier with Aaron Gordon that, or, or LaMarcus Aldridge, he doesn't typically have contributions other than scoring that make him worth that kind of while. So if he can do like Gordon and all of a sudden he's averaging three steals or something, then, 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 you know, how let me then, but otherwise I, I just don't really see it.
5: Yeah. Uh, also in this game, uh, stuff Curry may have re aggravated his tailbone yet. He did score 36. Uh keep an eye on Curry's status. Uh, Tonight against Toronto in the back to back. Uh Alex looks like Trevor Ariza, speaking of old guys, has earned the power forward gig. We were debating that last week. Does Areza have any value?
4: Not really. I don't think. I mean it's been it's been like twenty to twenty-five minutes a game for him. You know, he's gonna fire up his three or four three pointers. Um, but the rebounding it's gonna be here and there. Like he'll get eight one game and then he'll get two. So I don't really see him as a strong fantasy guy. If you're in like a 16-team
2: league, maybe. 30 beats. Uh, yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, starter in your 30 deep.
2: Team. Yeah, in my 30 deep, I had Ariza on my bench, and so I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to make a late season run, you know, um, because you all saying, of my guys. There are no
5: guys shots work. for Victor Ol- Oladipo. There are no shots for Trevor Ariza,
2: but he doesn't have to shoot like like Trevor Ariza actually does those things that that I, I would wish that uh, Oladipo would do to get some value. <laughs>
5: Well, Alex, we had another return to play, uh, in Cleveland. Take us to the land.
4: A shocking return from Kevin Love, (laughs) um, return Thursday night for the Cavs. Went for 13, four and three with three, three pointers in 20 minutes. Uh, that was with Larry Nance out due to an illness. So Kevin Love got the start at center, uh, and Dean Wade got the start at power forward. Congrats to any listeners who know that who that is, um, Drea, this is the kind of a tough D-way. question. <laughs> yeah, the, the other D-Way. Yeah, right. <laughs> do you, for the rest of the season, do you trust Larry Nance or Kevin Lovemore? Did you, did you ask, do I trust him? No. Yeah, like it,
2: <laughs> can I answer either or question with no? Yeah, um, I'd Sure, love or dance would have a role on the 30, oh, yeah, 30 deep squad. 30 deep, I'll take both of them. But, um, <laughs> you know, 10 or 12 deep, I mean, if I had to depend on one, then I'm going to lose. But also I would depend on Nance more than Love just because I don't even know why Love plays ever at this point. Like, if you haven't played the whole season for the Cavs, they're young, they're rebuilding. Love's not a part of their future. Maybe they would want to try to showcase him to. Try to trade him. Or something. I mean, you know, I don't he's
5: got one more year on that deal at like roughly twenty million. So I'm sure they'd love to get that off their books this summer if they can. But
2: yeah.
5: So do you? Sh- how do you show he's healthy, while not while while not halting the progress of your developing backcourt? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, L- Love is another one whose main value, especially since he's lost his athleticism, whatever athleticism he once had, is just scoring. Like he he, yeah. he shoots. Like, he's not doing <laughs> – there was an old um, uh, Richard Pryor joke about Leon Spinks where he's, you know, talk about old guy stuff, where he says, you know, Leon Spinks does one thing. He knocks dudes out. Like, he, he, if you if you put a microphone in his face, he couldn't talk, but he knocks dudes out. Like, Kevin Love shoots. That's it. And, and on a team where, yeah, their young backcourt is their offensive engine, and they even have some young frontcourt players. I, I just – I don't see what Love's point is there. So, from a fantasy
5: perspective, I wouldn't want to depend on him. Uh, the Cavs Ken, have lost four in a row, so it's probably time to... yeah. They can probably give up the old uh, chase for the play-in tournament now.
4: <laughs> Ken, we had... Uh, <laughs> let us know what's going on with the Orlando Magic.
5: Ha! My man! Chumbo <laughs> Kiki, baby! a Career-high 10 rebounds last night as the Magic uh, defeats A woefully, uh, how do you say this? Uh, They didn't play anyone. Pelican squad. uh, Okiki, eight points. Career high, 10 rebounds. Four assists. One steal. Two blocks. Okay, Wendell Carter probably led the magic. He actually played 31 minutes off the bench. Double-doubled with 21 points and 12 boards. I don't know why Wendell Carter is not starting, but I assume he will shortly. Um, Gentlemen, we'll start with Dre. Who's the leading scorer on the Magic next year?
2: <laughs> Me? <laughs> Ooh, you play the four of the five, Dre? Yeah, I, I could be an undersized, uh, undersized four. You know the, the way the, the NBA is moving. Stretch,
5: stretch four, though. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I stretch <laughs> out sideways. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Wendell Carter in Chicago was supposed to have upside to be a decent scorer but he was always thought of as more of a a, a defensive you know guy that could shoot than then like a real go-to scorer um you know they, you they've got the two. same thing about Jonathan Isaac right that's what I was going to say I mean you know w- between Jonathan Isaac and you know they, they, they've got guys that are out for the year but they're not scorers either so I, I'll take the the their leading is not on the magic like, they got to bring in somebody, anybody that's, you know, a better score than what they've currently got. They
5: could have it all defensive front, uh, front court with yeah. Carter, Okiki, and Jonathan Isaac. That's a stretch, all, you know, maybe fourth team all defense. But uh, well, those it's guys, a, that's a nice Bumba. way of saying they're all defense first and can't score.
2: Well, they say if 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 too many people are all defense first, that just means you got a team to K score. Like that. <laughs> you got a team full of terrible players. But,
5: when Markel Fultz is your best outside shooter, oh yeah, oh. yeah. A, little, a little scary. Neither of you mentioned Fultz. or were you about to go uh, with Markel, Alex?
4: I, mean, I was th- I was thinking about Markell. I just like. The the world in which Markel Fultz is the leading scorer on a team is not a world I want to think about too much. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I it's I, I gotta give props to him. He's made a like a right. great career comeback, you know, considering where he was, and it seems like he'll be at least if not a starting guard for a good team. He could be like a six man. Um, but, yeah, like Dre, Dre mentioned, Mobamba. I want to see a Wendell Carter, Mobamba, Jonathan Isaac lineup out there. Uh, <laughs> zero passing lanes available. Ten
2: foot wingspans just from baseline yeah. to baseline. Yeah. I mean, and Markel Fultz, I feel like if they had this exact team next year, then Fultz is your leading scorer. And he yeah. could probably average close to 20 a game. Because he's got that kind of old school, like he's not a three-point shooter, but if you just let him handle the ball all the time, he'll get you 20 points probably. What's his
5: shot percentage next year if he's had his 20 points a game?
2: Well, <laughs> you know, I would say it's not that low because he's not going to shoot a lot from the outside. He's going to be trying to get to the rim and, and you know, so he'll probably shoot 45%. But, ugly you know, range. the team would be last in the NBA in offensive rating, you know, so so the Magic fans would be mad, you know, people that have him on their fantasy team might be happy.
5: He'll roll off the bacon pick to the Isaac pick to the Carter pick
2: <laughs> <to>
5: the Yuki <Okiki laughs> pick. An mm-hmm. Ugly baseline nine-foot jumper that, yeah, 44% of the time will, will eke in. Uh, all right, well, uh, also... Uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. So, really weird. Basically, no Zion, no Ingram, no ball for the Pelicans in this game. Uh, and NAW, 39 minutes, 24 shots. Hello. For thirty I assume is a career high. I didn't look it up thirty one points.
2: No. his first start of the season this season, he dropped like thirty eight or something. Oh, like, oh you know, nice. this was in like January. Like he just came on the scene yeah. and a lot of people were like, Who the heck is
3: that?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to get into your uh your Las Vegas NAW story now, Dre, or wait till
1: the waiver wire section?
2: Um, I'll wait till the waiver wire. All right. All right.
1: The Roadwire NBA podcast is brought to you by Gamer Saloon. Gamer Saloon is a video game tournament platform where you can play video games for real cash prizes. All major consoles and PCs are supported. Our most popular titles are NBA 2K, Madden, FIFA, NHL, and Call of Duty. Gamer Saloon launched in 2006 and since then has awarded more than $75 million in prizes. Players could play in multiplayer tournaments or simply play 1v1 games from your couch for real cash prizes. Withdraws are fast and easy. and They're directly deposited right into your PayPal account. Join a free match on us today by going to gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. That's gamersaloon.com slash rotowire and simply pick your game of choice. All you have to do is win one match and gamersaloon will give you $10. Again, gamersaloon.com slash rotowire. Win that match. Go get those free $10. Well, now we're going to bleed into our fan feedback section.
5: This is where uh, listeners of the pod, please go to our YouTube page and comment with any questions you'd like us to address. Uh, This week, Ramesh K wants to know, is Moses Brown for real? Moses in his last nine games. First of all, just happy there's someone in the NBA with the name Moses again. Harkens back to the Moses Malone days with the glorious bullets or, you you know, maybe his Rockets or Sixers days probably stand out more in your head. <laughs> anyway, Moses Brown, last nine, last nine games, seven starts, 13.4 points, 12.3 rebounds, a glorious 1.7 blocks and almost a steal again. Um, OKC just sign him to a very team friendly multi-year deal. But gentlemen, let's start with you, Dre. Is Moses Brown for real?
2: Yes. I mean, because so, you know, I, I do when I worked for Rotowire, my my article was called the Hoop Slab, right? And so I still do hoop slab videos um, you know, now for ESP and they mainly run on my, my social media pages. But um a few weeks ago before the trade deadline, I mentioned oh. that if Al Horford got traded moses brown and to some extent you know uh roby but but mainly moses brown was the guy to watch and then they didn't trade horford and i was like wow i don't know why they didn't trade horford and then they just said well he's going to sit for the rest of the year which has for fantasy purposes the same impact on moses brown so he's the man there um it's a rebuilding effort they have no impetus ever not to play him and yeah he's a walking double double so you know uh when, when his teammate back in the day lifted his chin up, you know, he's he, he he's still looking up.
5: <laughs> Alex, anything to add?
4: I, I mean, he's pure hustle. So, like, I mean, those guys I trust. Right. If you can get 12, if you can get 12 and 12 all the time with a couple blocks uh, and you're trying hard out there every single game. I'm I'm less worried about those guys than the guys who are, you know, who have gotten their way through like pure talent and they're shooting jumpers all the time. And, you know. Stuff like that. So, yeah, he's, time he's definitely in the G real. League
5: is a little motivating, you're saying, Alex?
4: Yeah, I mean, it is for a lot of guys. I mean, he was great in the bubble, too. He's putting up, like, 18 and 14 or something and saying like that in the G League bubble. So, yeah, he's 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 legit.
5: Also, I think Roby's really a power forward. He shouldn't be playing center. So, mm-hmm. uh, they need a legit 5 basley Bazley's got some shoulder issues, too, which are opening up minutes for Roby, a power forward. He's day-to-day. We'll see when Darius Basley comes back. But all right, well, fans, please go to our YouTube page, the RotoWire YouTube page. Look for the fantasy basketball playlist. Leave some comments on this week's episode, and we'll use them next week. All right, uh, Alex, take us to uh, waiver wire. Yeah, uh, our waiver wire
4: segment. So uh, the first guy I'm going to highlight who's available in 50% of leagues. That's Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, who's available or who's rostered i should say in 36 percent of espn leagues and 59 percent of yahoo leagues he's ranked 41st on a per, per game basis over the past two weeks main thing here is that he started the past four games uh john collins is out for they haven't really said quite how long yet but it could be like a week or two yeah. um over the past four games bogdanovich 17 and a half points four and a half assists uh 1.8 steals too which is nice main thing here is like Early in the year, he was he was playing bad or not up to his standard that we saw in Sacramento. Then he got hurt. And then he was slow to get back. And now it seems like he's finally in a rhythm uh, and the team trusts him. Um, yeah. So let's let's kick it to Dre for let, let us know about uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. here, Dre.
2: <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about him a, a second ago. Um, he's been you know, he's he's essentially the sixth man um, when everyone is healthy for, for the, the Pelicans. And he's shown that, that he could be a, a, a mid-double-digit scorer in that 6th man role currently as it is now. With Lonzo Ball out, he's actually been starting. So he's averaging, what, 20, what 20.5 points, eight boards, and 2.7 assists, and 3.8 threes over the last six games. Um, I mentioned earlier that when he got his first start of the year and he popped off for almost 40, there were a lot of people like, who is this guy? But I remember him from the Vegas Summer League a couple years ago uh, after he got drafted, but before his rookie season, because he came in the same year with Zion. And, you know, in Vegas, Zion was like the draw. People were going to come in and watch the Pelicans. And he like (laughs) he had an amazing dunk line. And then the game started. And I think they played the Knicks and he yanked the ball from the dude and dunked on him. And everybody was like, Zion. And then the earthquake happened. And Zion never played again. <laughs> hey, I
5: remember that. Yes. Is that a Randall he stole the ball from? I uh, it wasn't I it was Randall.
2: Kevin, it, was, it was Kevin Knox. Yeah, it was Kevin, Kevin Knox. Knox. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, he, he oh, just took oh, it from him and just dunked all over the place. And, right. and so we used to say that oh he he caused the earthquake because he dunked so hard. But after that, there you know, the big name guys didn't really play so much in Vegas. And so I was watching Alexander Walker because I don't even think he played in the first game or two, but when he came in, he was just the best player on the court. Every time I saw him play, he was the best player. And then Jackson Hayes would have the best dunk, you know, like that was the, the summer league for me that year. And I remember I came out cause we were in Vegas. I put some money, like some long shot money on Alexander Walker as rookie of the year. Cause so I was like, if this guy plays, he's got game, you know? And, uh, there's an old movie with the joke like, and I'm Sharon Stone's cousin. You know, he's uh um uh, uh oh man, my, my man for Oklahoma City, he's uh, his uh, his cousin. Um the other three three named guy, why am I blanking on his name? Alexander.
4: Oh, Shea Gil- just Alexander. Shea, Gil-
2: just yeah. Alexander. Shea, yeah. You know, he yeah. you know, that it's his cousin and um he's just got games. So, you know, he's getting opportunities in New Orleans right now. They acted like they wanted to trade Lonzo Ball, so you know, whereas I think Alexander Walker's a part of their future.
5: If they're outside looking in right now on the plane, in um, they'd be smart to play the younger guys. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah, Alex. To, oh, I, I was just going to say for a, a lot of fans, uh, probably haven't been able to go to Vegas for summer league, but if you can, like that is, it is so much fun to go there. And yeah. a lot of the guys, like being able to see those guys in person, I think gives you like a different perspective on, you can really tell like who is good, who might not make it. Um, yeah. and.
2: Yeah, it changes everything. You know, a few years back when the Bucks were playing the Jazz, and that was the year that the the, the um, Jabari Parker was the number two pick and uh, Dante Exum was the number three pick. So that's why I went to go watch that game. And instead, some these guys I would barely heard of named Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy <laughs> Gobert just put on a show. And I, I remember that like, I was tweeting from there like, who are these dudes? Like, <laughs> like, 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 keep an eye out. I think they might be something someday. You know. Wait a minute.
5: So, You're saying Dante Exum wasn't as lightning as you expected? Greg? Oh
2: my gosh! You know, I was just like, how could you possibly get outplayed by Rudy Gobert? You know. So. <laughs> um,
3: All
5: right. Well, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna dive in with my uh, available and 50 of leagues picks. I've already mentioned them. Shumo Kiki, he's the only option to score in Orlando. Everything's about opportunity. <laughs> this is his team, baby. He's finally healthy. He's gonna get huge minutes. Uh, you know, that we're talking about their front court of the future. O'Kiki, Isaac, and Carter. Last four starts for O'Kiki. 15.5 points, 6.5 boards, 3.3 assists, plus two triples, and one and a half steals, and almost a block a game while shooting 52%. I will take that off the waiver wire. Alex, who's your uh, long shot of the week? I can't believe yeah, a long shot.
4: I know this one surprised me. Nerlens Noel, 23% roster on ESPN. You figure big market. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson's out. That was like legitimate big news. Um, not too much to say other than like he's the starter now and averaging, you know, seven points, seven boards, good efficiency. We know he's a block and steals guy. Um, <laughs> Pick him up if he's available. percent of
5: ESPN leagues, yeah, hard to believe. Hard
4: he's to believe. He's a poor
2: man, Moses Brown.
5: What? Yeah,
4: <laughs> very true. Actually, can you imagine like when they when the Sixers first drafted Nerlens that we'd be talking? I mean, Moses Brown didn't like exist as a player back then, but. It's surprising
5: to see where things he was only six foot 10 and eight years old at AAU ball.
2: <laughs> right. <Yeah.
4: laughs> him and Okafor both, um, someone who, well, and another guy who looked like he was not doing so well, but now has picked things up during Malik Monk. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. So Malik Monk, I guess he, I see him as like a short term potential, uh, potential guy. Um, while Lamelo ball is out, um, if, if if ball comes back, you know, he goes further down the list. But right now, he's just that instant offense off the bench guy. And Charlotte needs that because, you know, they, they had to move their other instant offense off the bench guy back into the starting lineup with a mellow ball out. So um, Malik Monk, he's, I don't know, you, you know, Ken has me in the old guy frame of mind. It's kind of like um, back in the day with Vinny uh, Johnson. Vinny, you know? I knew we were going yep. Vinny, baby. The, the, the microwave. Yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Uh
5: plus the Michigan bias, Dre. I knew you were going Vinny there.
2: Absolutely. Well, yeah, there it is. And plus, when I was in sixth grade, that uh, that that was my nickname, which didn't fit because I wasn't instant offense. I was a defensive guy, but they just thought I looked like Vinny Johnson. Huh. <laughs> but um, but yeah.
5: the Rick Mahorn name didn't take off then. No, uh, no. Nah.
2: I, w- I was the, the shortest, smallest uh, kid on my team, so uh, Rick Mahorn didn't exactly work for me. But, uh, but yeah, but Malink Monk, you just, you know, when he's hot, he's going to drop 25 points in, in 10 minutes. You know, when he's not, he's going to take 25 shots in 10 minutes and just miss them. But, you well, know, it's was like. he was
5: hot, and then he had a quick foot injury to missed a few games, which I think lowered his ownership. And, but exactly. But he's going to go right back into that role and be right <laughs> yeah. out
2: again. Yeah, right, I mean, uh, he's worth paying attention to.
5: Running a little behind. I'll just say my long shot of the week is Terrence Mann for the Clippers. You know, Lou Williams is gone. And I think they're looking also like Monk for a six man scoring option. And I think they're leaning on the rookie man to be that guy. Thin bench uh, for the Clippers. So, uh, you can know, take a flyer. He's owned in 11% of leagues on ESPN. But with that, Alex, you want to take us to the top 20 fantasy players discussion for next season?
4: Yeah, we're, we're not going to get to every player because that would no. be its own like two part, you know, 90 minute podcast. <laughs> but just want to highlight uh, a few of the guys on this list. So I think the first thing I want to bring up is we have we have James Hargan as number two. We have Kyrie as number eight and we have Kevin Durant as number five. But I feel like those guys are where they are partially because they've all missed time. And this is per game. Sorry. Per game value. Hargens two, Durant five, Irving eight. Per game, the totals are not there. Yeah, but I would feel like next season, Dre, if they're all, we have to assume they're all healthier. I would imagine, yeah, well, (laughs) I I would imagine it would be hard for those guys to all collectively reach those heights again.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's been a perfect storm of availability, but when they're all together, for one, Kyrie Irving, I don't think it's ever a safe assumption that he's going to not miss so much time. I mean, I coming into the season, he had missed a hundred something games or over the last handful of seasons. So um so he, I would not have him this high on the list anyway. And then James Harden, I think in the seven games that all three have played, his scoring average is like six points lower. Like his assists are still there, but he his scoring is 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 more like twenty-one a game instead of almost thirty. So you know I, I think they all three slide, but Kyrie's the one I would slide the furthest because Availability is the best ability, right? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah I, I want to point think...
5: out something on the list, uh, Alex. Yeah. Uh, going away from the Nets, we've got you know Jokic has been hands down the best uh, fantasy player this season. But to something Dre brought up earlier, his numbers are down a bit with uh, with Gordon Aaron Gordon in the lineup. In the yeah. three games of Gordon, he's averaging 17 points, nine boards, and 6.7 assists. Nothing to shake your head at but significantly lower than where he was without Jokic now if I'm a Nuggets fan I'm happy hopefully he's a little more rested for the playoffs doesn't have to carry the team all season but if this trend continues and Gordon is under contract with them next year I worry a little about Jokic
4: yeah I think I mean Jokic he is before Gordon got there I mean they dealt with injuries, too, but Jokic was really like just putting that team on his back, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the 27, like 27 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, like he was doing as much as any other. I mean, it's the reason that he's the favorite in the MVP discussion right now. Right. And but
2: not,
5: not bad for a guy who pretty much out of shape. <laughs> well, that's so what they say about the a guy heater at halftime and putting up those numbers is impressive I
2: about to say, that's what they say about the guy in second in the mvp race too right everybody said james <laughs> Harden looked like kendrick perkins and you know <laughs> so, so maybe getting in shape is overrated for the nba <laughs> yes. and for and for
5: podcasts
2: yeah there it is there it is I, I, that's why i fit right in
5: <laughs> join us join us Trey.
4: <laughs> i think I think a lot of times like, you know, when a team, when a team gets better, a lot of the top guys, their production goes down because they just don't have to do as much. Um, I don't think Gordon is like the solution, right? Like he's, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if he's like quite that guy, but yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. And, um, if he wasn't the number one guy in fantasy next year, that wouldn't be shocking. I mean, that could, I mean, it could be Steph could be Embiid. Um, there are other guys on this list who, who all couldn't make a run for that. But, um, uh, yeah, we got to see how the rest of the season plays out.
5: Now, we've got Towns, Carl Anthony Towns, all the way down to nine. Again, this is this season per game production. I assume, though, he's going to go higher than nine if he uh, returns to play. Or do we think that uh, the diminished stats relative to last year are, are more permanent? Alex, I see you chagr- have a chagrined look on your face.
1: I, I mean,
4: He had a tough year. I mean, it's, you know, his, his, I think it was his mother who, who passed away from COVID. Um, and it's COVID. I, yeah. He, he had COVID himself. I know other family members of his had it. Um, you know, it was just like they got off to such a bad start. Coach fired. This has basically been like the worst kind of setup year possible for Towns. And he's still ninth. So, Russell's hurt
5: the whole time, too. Yeah. Russell's Back. hurt the whole
4: time. Yeah. Um, I I really like Karl Anthony Towns as a player. I think he's wildly underrated. Um, I don't know if he can be your number one guy, right, on a on a on a great team. Um, but I'm I mean on fantasy, yeah, I'm I'm taking him top ten like any season.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah, if fully healthy, perfect world scenario, um, Towns had an outside argument for number one coming into this season. You know, just because. He doesn't have any weaknesses. Like he doesn't just shoot threes, like he's among league leaders in, in three-point volume, you know, and, and his percentages are all great. Um and his defensive stats, he'll, you know, he'll get you some blocks. So um, so yeah, I, I like Towns. I think he's he's definitely higher than nine. I've already told you I wouldn't have Kyrie there. I think Kawhi Leonard is another one that you have to 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 have the twenty-five percent tax for for game for load management. So already he's sneaking up into the top seven. And um, you know, probably some of the other, you know, we mentioned the Nets. He could probably slide ahead of at least one of the Nets as well. So, so yeah, I I still think Towns is is a, a top five pick in, in in fantasy next year. Dre,
5: any, anything else stand out? Uh, our top twenty chat here. Anybody anybody uh, breaking through? You think SGA makes it next season?
2: Possibly, but he. I feel like he kind of had a perfect storm this season, just because the Thunder were so empty and. At some, point, <laughs> at some point, they're going to have to do something with these, like, 30 draft picks they have over the next few years. <laughs> 34. They <have> to, 34, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I, seven I, years.
5: <laughs> I don't know where <laughs> the roster spots are coming from, but yeah. Yeah, 30. I mean,
2: you know, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like, you know, at some point, they have to start translating those values into, like, current player assets. And whoever they bring in you know, takes away from SGA's upside. So I think he could sneak in maybe at the back end of the top 20, but when, when I'm looking and I'm seeing LeBron James, Jason Tatum and Trey young are the last three names on the list. It's hard for me to see, you know, SGA jumping over players like that. Maybe Vucevic falls in his new role. I don't know. And Fred Van Vliet represented Uh, number 16. Hey, the older Lowry gets the better Van
5: Vliet's numbers are going to get.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt. Yes,
5: I, I
4: think that one of the guys I'm keeping an eye on is Zion just because, I mean, he started out, well, his free throw shooting at the start of the year was so bad that it was just really like tanking his fantasy value. And that was the same situation last year when he finished like 70 something per game. Mm-hmm. But now he's actually hitting his, his free throws at like a good rate, like better than Giannis at least, right? He's like 75% or something. And as long as Zion can hit, you know, 70 to 75% of his free throws, I mean, he's only going to get better as a playmaker. Better as a rebounder. His scoring is his his ability to score at the basket is like unlike anything I've I've ever seen before. I mean, it's very different from the guys we're used to. Like it's very different from Prime Shaq. It's even different from Giannis. But it's mm-hmm. it's just incredible, man.
2: Yeah, his, I mean, you mentioned his playmaking. I, I feel like that's kind of his manifest destiny of getting to the next level. Is like yeah. if if they let him start running, essentially full time point forward, and he gets up around five or six assists a game. Um, to go with probably getting close to 30 points on what 89% field goal percentage or whatever it is he shoots. <laughs> you know, um, I I think that's how he sneaks up. I always thought he would be better in the the steals and blocks category. You know, um, he was pretty good at that in college. And I thought last year he wasn't because of, of the injury, but he still hasn't brought that back yet. But yeah. Uh, if he can find ways to to get get another counterpunch besides just the scoring and, and field goal percentage, then, uh, then yeah, he could get on this list.
4: Okay. Um, that was some good discussion. We'll see how uh, those guys pan out for the rest of the year. But, Ken, uh, it is time for your pseudo-improvised uh, old man rant. <laughs>
5: ah, the Brooklyn Nets. Everyone and their mom is signing with the Brooklyn Nets. And then everyone in the press is like, "Oh, don't blame the players. They should sign wherever they want." Yes, yes, it's fine. But as a fan, ah, it sucks. Blake Griffin barely moves his body for three years, and let alone doesn't dunk the ball at all. And then his first game with the Nets, he gets a dunk. Dre did point out pre-show as kind of a James Worthy dunk, but it was still a dunk
1: technically. <laughs>
5: And then LaMarcus Aldridge has six assists in his first game with the Nets. If I'm a Spurs fan, I want some of that salary back, baby. You didn't do that, San Antonio. Anyway, from the fans' point of view, all these buyouts and friends all playing together on super teams. Ah, I don't like it. Unless, of course, it happens with the Celtics then I'm all. <laughs> ah, and that is my old man rant of the week. <laughs>
4: Oh, man, that will pretty much wrap it up for us. But, Ken, you do have a you do you do take us out of every episode with a quote. So let's let's hear that.
5: Ooh, uh I didn't plan for that either. Oh, uh, man, uh, terrible. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, all right, we'll go to Oklahoma City and their 34 draft picks in the next seven years. 17 are in the first round, 17 are in the second round, by the way, uh, where Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt said, oh, no, you didn't after the Minnesota Timberwolves team account posted a photo of Andrew Wiggins with the caption, Mayor of OKC. I don't think OKC feels very bad about uh, Wiggins right now, though. (laughs) OK, attention to passengers. This three car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. And a big thank you to Andre Snellings for joining us on the pod today. Thank you, Andre.
2: Thanks for having me. It's always good to come home.
5: (laughs) We're going to harass you for (laughs) preseason.
2: You all know where I stay now.
5: All right, fantastic. All right, thanks again, fans.